Much discussed in recent months is how COVID-19 is accelerating banking's transition away from the branch and onto the digital device. While that may be the broad trend, a deeper look shows a less uniform reality as some are transitioning faster and better than others. On the podcast this week, we'll be traversing this uneven landscape with Greg Thompson, Director of Change Management at Encino. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. When the coronavirus arrived and digital banking capabilities instantly became critical, Financial institutions weren't all at the same starting line with their technology or their operations plan. Our guest on the Banking Strategies podcast this week is Greg Thompson. Greg is Director of Change Management at Encino, so he knows a thing or two about companies dealing with new and evolving situations. Greg, thanks for being with us to talk about some of the pandemic-related changes you're seeing in banking. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me. So we're about six months into the real disruption to banking caused by the coronavirus. What are you all seeing in general terms about how that disruption is affecting customer behavior? Yeah, in broad terms, we're seeing what we probably should have expected, which is uh, more customers are moving transactions to a digital environment uh, out of necessity, perhaps, both on the commercial side and the retail side. Uh, The commercial side, I think a lot of that has been driven by a raised awareness of what you can do to create a loan electronically sign alone, all those kind of things as a result of the Paycheck Protection Program, which involved you know, millions of small businesses that were able to get government-guaranteed loans. Uh, Siebel's in the UK was a similar sort of experience, I think. And then on the retail side, we've got more customers that are using online applications, mobile applications, where if they had previously done that a little bit, they're doing it a lot more. And that, that's supported by J.D. Power surveys that show an increase in mobile and online banking usage. And I actually saw a Novantis uh, survey that indicated that teller transactions had dropped, you know, 30 plus percent in the early days of the coronavirus. So again, perhaps not surprisingly, but the shift to digital has been sort of forced upon all of us. So there are different perspectives on how customers are dealing with the pandemic in the sense that some think that customers view COVID as a temporary thing and that they'll go back or largely go back to their old banking ways once the pandemic risks are passed. Others, on the other hand, think that this isn't just a short-term workaround, but instead a long-term behavioral change. So where do you come down in this debate and what makes you think that? Yeah, I guess we all are really wanting things to go, quote unquote, back to normal. Uh, The thing that's unique about this situation that persuades me to think that we may be in the middle of a bit of a pendulum shift is I I read a lot about what it takes to create a new habit. And, you know, some experts would tell you you can create a new habit in 18 days. Some would say it takes eight months. It depends on how difficult the new behavior is to adapt to. But, But one thing's clear, we've been in this pandemic situation for six months we're going to be in it for a few more months. So to the extent customers have been driven 
to do more of their banking transactions online and use the physical branches less, it's, it's reasonable to assume that if that experience has been a good experience and if it's one that they feel like is benefiting their life, they're more likely to continue down that path. I view it as a, a combination of opportunity and frequency in terms of creating these new habits. So, you know, this coronavirus situation has created this massive opportunity for customers to try out or to do more digitally. And now we're getting a lot more reps as consumers and bank and, you know, businesses at doing that. So that, that opportunity and the frequency, it seems reasonable to expect has created new habits for our customers, uh, many of which will be sustained long after the, the pandemic is over. So, uh, there's a lot of bank executives that have said that, you know, in the press. And so it may be something in the middle, but I, I do think that there is a significant acceleration of digital behavior that has already begun that will continue post-pandemic. Yeah, what you're saying is that digitally speaking, at least, there for, for a lot of banks, this is kind of like a long-term audition with their customer base. So how do you think financial institutions are handling that greater demand for mobile and online capabilities. You know, generally speaking, is the industry meeting the digital moment, both technologically and operationally? Yeah, it's a great question, Terry. I would say it's a bit of a mixed bag, probably a wide degree of variability in how banks are showing up. There's a lot of, the, especially the larger institutions that have deeper pockets that have been at this trying to figure out the digital game and enhance their game for maybe a couple of decades. And so some experiences are good and some might not be good. Some banks have, have struggled to get started. Uh, some will struggle to find the funding, that kind of thing that could enable them to get started. And some have really just frankly thought it's not necessary to go digital. It's, it's necessary to bank more traditionally face-to-face -face, and they've never really embraced the digital approach to banking. So it's it's a bit all over the board. So what do you say to those banks and credit unions that maybe were lagging in their shift to digital or or maybe didn't see it as a priority and now they're struggling a bit with the current conditions? So what's the path to catching up to the peers? Yeah, another good question. I, I would say that the, the most important thing as a bank executive that you have to to do first is to embrace a digital strategy, not as an IT project, but as, as a business transformation. It needs to be something that you think of as not something that's going to end, but something that is a new journey that you get on that will be sustained for quite a long time. That could cause fundamental changes to the business. My, my wife is, a, is an English major, and so words are important in our house. And this idea of transformation has two parts. Trans means to fundamentally change something, and formation means to create something. It's a genesis. So the idea of a business transformation means that we're in the business of fundamentally changing this thing that we have known before, and we are going to be creating something new. And in doing that, you hope to create something new that benefits both the old way of doing business as well as creating some new ways that, that customers will want us to interact. So Treating it like a uh, transformation is a really important place to start. We've been talking about how people have been more open to doing things differently as a result of the pandemic, and not only in how they do their banking, but also in other parts of their life as well. But 
I suspect they'd stop short of total change or total transformation. They still want their experiences to be recognizable, right? They want some familiarity as well. So how do financial institutions strike that balance between the old ways and the new ways? It's really important when you embark on a digital strategy that you know who you are as an organization, you know what you represent to your community, to your customers. And so how you transmit that marketing strategy that you've got, that customer strategy that you've got in a digital space is really important. So it's not enough just to uh, have an online banking platform. It's not enough just to uh, have a mobile app. You need to know how that needs to look visually how the transactions need to work, what your customers expect from an operational perspective. And, and you know, you've got to make sure that it's compliant in all, all ways. So understanding how your digital strategy is going to complement your physical strategy, understanding how the physical strategy is going to be represented in a digital space is one that you have to develop over time. It's not something that you necessarily can just copy what someone else has done because it should be the digital strategy should be an extension of your culture. It should be an extension of who you are as a company and what your customers come to expect of you. You know, our customers expect us to give them what they want, what they need, when they need it. And so we just have to change with them and change for them. And frankly, part of the the challenge that we're facing right now is our customers are perhaps changing faster than we as financial institutions are. So we're, again, we're playing a little bit of catch up to give them what they need as they now know, have a greater awareness that they need it. So if you think this accelerated shift to digital is here to stay, as you were saying earlier, where do you think that leaves the branch lobbies in the post-COVID banking world? I mean, what do you see as their future role? Yeah, we've, you know, we've been wrestling with that for many years now, Terry. I, I think it's been something that, that question about what is the branch branch's role in our, our bank and credit union's future has been one that uh, I know I personally was part of wrestling with uh, 20 years ago. So, you know, the branch certainly could be a place for more complex transactions, a place where you need to sit down face to face to get advice as it relates to investments or a mortgage or a more complex loan, you know, a wire transfer that's it's a big dollar amount and you need some help with it, where you get cash. So it could be everything from the most complex transactions to the most common transactions, meaning getting cash, getting physical things that you need, a safe deposit box, all those kind of things. The the stuff that's in between the transactions that are repetitive, that we can accommodate a digital environment are likely to be largely completed in that digital environment would be my guess. So there probably is a continued place for advice and for relationship creation that can happen face-to-face in the branches that can be enhanced with a digital strategy. Uh, But then there's this place for the digital strategy that allows us to do routine things without interrupting our lives to have to drive to the branch to do something that we do over and over and over again, like make a deposit or transfer funds and, you know, those kind of things. And now we're increasingly seeing that it's quite convenient to apply for a loan, to get a loan, to electronically sign documents online, and that makes our life easier as well. So the branch will likely continue to have a role and the digital strategy will likely to be an ever-increasing part 
of a bank strategy. Certainly, the future of the branch is getting a lot of attention these days, and that's not a surprise given how retail more broadly is in this state of short-term and even long-term uncertainty. So can you share with us another major challenge facing financial institutions that perhaps isn't getting as much attention as it deserves? Yeah, I think one thing that we have to think about when we launch a or enhance a digital strategy is it effectively becomes a new line of business within the organization. So, you know, for example, how we manage customers' information security is one thing in a physical environment. It's a different thing in a, in a digital environment. I have seen situations where creating a digital strategy can actually create competition with the branch. You know, which transactions do we intentionally send to the digital platforms and which do we want to have in our branch platform? You know, how do we manage pipelines? Digital pipeline management is different than pipelines that come from the the physical environment. Do you build versus buy? There's all these questions that come up in the digital environment that are sometimes unexpected for folks. And, And it ends up being, you almost need to have a different way of managing the the business and it ultimately can quickly become a new line of business not just again not just an IT project not just something that you just bolt on to the branch you have to have people that understand the the challenges and the opportunities that come with having a digital strategy and ultimately Terry I think the goal would be to learn from that new digital strategy and find ways it can enhance the overall business ways that are complementary to the the physical branch structure? And what can we learn from the branches that can enhance and inform how we deliver our digital strategy? That sort of reflects the state of change that financial institutions are undergoing right now. And that change will no doubt continue. They'll continue to evolve to best serve their customers. But let's look at the employees for a bit. What's the impact on them? How do banks and credit unions create and maintain the cohesive culture that will support their workforce through this hurry-up pace of change that we're seeing? Yeah, this is uncharted territory for all of us. We've not been through this sustained disruption to our companies and our employees are experiencing significant disruption as well. So as a leader, what I'm experiencing is you just simply have to work harder. You have to work harder to lead. Uh, You have to show a little more grace for your, your employees who are juggling things they never expected to juggle six months ago. They're having many cases to teach their kids at home. They're having challenges, you know, connecting with their customers or connecting back with the company. Video conferencing is the norm, making sure that we are, you know, staying in touch with them more frequently than perhaps we did before because we could just pass people in the hall. It puts a greater burden on leaders and managers to to make sure that their company culture is maintained throughout this pandemic. Uh, I, know, I know at Encino, we have uh, several new things that have cropped up that have, have created sort of fun opportunities uh, for employees to connect and for managers to connect with their teams, uh, you know, including fun things like a cooking channel, you know, where we share cooking demonstrations, that kind of thing, creative ways to use video conferencing to you know, illustrate that perhaps your background shows that you're on a beach when in fact you're in your living room. But it it really does put a burden on leaders and on managers to 
do everything they can to perpetuate the culture, to continue to make sure employees feel like they're valued, and that if they need a little grace to take care of a, a child or you know, parents or family in a different sort of way, everybody's going through something different. We show them that grace. We show them that caring because ultimately, once we get through this, that's the stuff that they will remember forever. And that creates loyalty and that creates, you know, retention in our employee base. I'd imagine that a lot of how and how well workers embrace change will come down to their level of trust in the C-suite and, and the rest of their bank leadership. So assuming that an institution has a good level of trust now with their employees, how does it maintain or enhance that during this time of flux? And if trust is low going in, how can that be turned around? Yeah, I had a mentor one time that said, culture is built one conversation at a time. I think, you know, at the heart of who we are as managers and employees, we have a strong bond if we have some degree of relationship, meaning we've had multiple conversations, we've been through adversity together, we've come out on the other side, and we've built trust. So this, this moment of, call it adversity or challenge or whatever you want to call it, but it's a multi-month, perhaps as long as a year, who knows, challenge for us as leaders and, and our teammates. Uh, presents opportunities for us to go through that challenging time together and emerge stronger uh, because of it. You know, if we're transparent with our people and we say, listen, I'm trying to figure this out too. Can you give me your input, your advice? Tell me what's going on with you that I can help with, that we can help with as a company. Again, that grace, that understanding, I think goes a long way. When we come out of this, the employees will, you know, be more loyal than they were perhaps before the pandemic. So making that extra effort, my hope is that will pay off and yield significant dividends in employee retention once the pandemic is over. We've been talking about the notion of change as if it were you know, a uniform experience across the enterprise, but of course that's not the case, right? So how do you account for diverse experiences and diverse perspectives as you're building out a strategy that's centered on change? You know, um, this is a great opportunity to engage younger people in the conversation, people that perhaps are more tech savvy in many ways. They have grown up in a native tech environment. So how can we engage them in the conversations about what should this digital strategy look like? How should we prioritize? What advice would you have? for us as we build this out. That can create an energy level among people that perhaps have been individual contributors that might want to contribute to this ongoing, never-ending project of how we digitally engage our customers. It could create a sense of, you know, a swagger about them, a sense of engagement involvement that they previously have not had. And it can create tremendous opportunity for us as organizations to take advantage of that native expertise. So those diverse experiences, whether they are from other companies or from just having a perspective of a different age group, can be enormously valuable as you're building out a new strategy. Well, given the scale of the task when it comes to digital banking, it only makes sense to have as much help from as many different vantage points as possible. So Greg Thompson from Encino, 
It's clear you've given this all a lot of thought. Our thanks again for sharing your perspectives with us on the Banking Strategies podcast. Terry, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. A few takeaways from our conversation with Encino's Greg Thompson. First, COVID-19 has disrupted our behaviors for more than six months now, and it's not hard to envision going many months more. Customers who've long relied on the branch are out of necessity using digital banking tools, and if the experience is good, they may lock in new banking habits that could continue after the worst of the pandemic is behind us. So now is an opportunity for financial institutions to show these customers how digital can work for them. The COVID-19 experience is also a chance for banks and credit unions to build enduring trust with their employees. A key to this, Greg says, is being transparent with workers on changes underway as a result of the pandemic and to seek their input whenever practical. Another thing is to recognize that many of these employees are going through challenging times outside the workplace and to be understanding about that. In his words, to show some grace. And finally, Some financial institutions have benefited from being ahead in the transition to digital when COVID hit. For those working to make up ground, Greg's key advice is that FIs should think about their move to digital not as an IT project, but rather as a business transformation. That's because, he says, this transformation is going to be long and it's going to lead to fundamental changes in how the financial institution operates as a business. Thank you for listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please join us for our next conversation on a key issue facing the financial services industry.